So welcome, welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to hear um, the journey of my good friend, Marcus Greaves. So if you don't know Marcus Greaves, uh, he played football at Oregon State University. Yes, I said it, Oregon State. Yes, I'm a duck. <laughs> I don't hold it against him. But he played football at Oregon State University. And he really has transitioned out of his sport very well. Like, you know, when I look at him and what he's done, where he started at and where he's at now, is phenomenal. And, and it's inspiring. Um, so he's a sports anchor down in San Diego for CBS 8, Channel 8 down there. And he's been down there for a couple of years now. And I, I'm just excited to have him on to kind of share his journey. Because a lot of us athletes, right, we finish up in our sport. Now, if we play collegially, if we play professionally, and we really don't have a game plan. We don't we don't have um, like a, a playbook to kind of get us to our next journey in life. And I think, you know, having someone like Marcus on the show can really help help people clear, you know, clear some things up. And, and um, I'm really excited for our conversation, Marcus. Man, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this one, man. And it's what you're doing is awesome, especially reaching out and, you know, being in the position that you've been in before high level athlete, you know, you were at a spot that everybody prayed to be at. And then again, you got there in your story. I, I remember reading your book, brother. I mean, it was a great one. The whole story was awesome, man. I'm so excited to hop on this and just tell, talk about it because I think this is something that not a whole lot of former athletes, regardless if you play football, basketball, track, baseball, softball, it doesn't matter, volleyball, you know, these are the kind of stories I feel like I wish I would have heard before, you know, and they, I feel like it would have helped me a lot if I would have talked to someone like you right out of the gate. Um, but man, I'm excited for this. It's going to be it's going to be a good conversation. My guy. So. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, man. You know, where you from, how you got started. You know, what even got you going into football? Mm -hmm. So small town kid, man, from a town in central Oregon called Prineville, Oregon. Most of you folks probably do not know where that is. Town of 10,000 people, about 20 miles outside of Bend, Oregon. Um, man, not a whole lot going out out there. <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know, and the thing is, is that my mother moved out there, um, my brother and out there when we were young, um, just, you know, better situation. I had a little closer family on that side um, in Central Oregon. So we went out there, man, and I was too young to remember the move over there. But, you know, I'll always look back and I'm forever grateful for her for doing that because it kind of put us in a position where, you know, we didn't have any outside distractions in the sense of what you would have, say, if you're in a big city, you know, and and what big cities come with, obviously, is different than what small towns come with. But it was nice because you could kind of just focus on football. And that's really all we really knew was football, sports, being athletes. My brother and I were actually the only two black kids at our high school, which made it a little, it definitely had its challenges, but you learn a whole lot. And so, you know, skipping the few years, I ended up um, choosing to play football at Oregon State. Now, I wish I would have known when I was younger, how, especially in high school, especially, you know, you're the man in high school. You're playing at a high level. Everyone wants to be, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, you know, Mark's going to go play high level football, whatever it is. You got coaches, you got people around the community. Um, you got social media at that time telling you that you're going to be the next great thing. And basically growing up throughout my whole entire childhood, I was told I was the best athlete by far. You know, and so you take that. Now, was I a little cocky? Of course, <laughs> I think you got to be to play a high level. But um, 
you know, ended up choosing to play football at Oregon State, but I couldn't even go there my first year because uh, I just didn't have the grades. You know, I didn't take it serious enough to um, serious enough in the classroom. And that was kind of like my first taste of reality that, man, I'm, you know, you could be the best athlete that some of these cats have ever seen in their life. But if you don't take care of the stuff that you have to take care of, it's not going to matter. So I had to sit out a year, um, went to Western Oregon, kind of had to get my grades right before I made that transition to Oregon State. And it was a tough thing because I was like, man, I knew all the guys already. I should be over there playing with them. You know, like those are my teammates. But I was at a different school, you know, 20 miles away at a small D2 school making sure I got my grades right. And that was kind of tough. And that was a really tough thing to swallow. But um, it right there kind of taught me, okay, this is going to be a process, brother. you got to get ready for that, you know. Um, so went through my first year, took care of business in the classroom, had to walk on to Oregon State uh, because, again, if you don't have the grades, it doesn't really matter, you know. So walked on at Oregon State. And Alex, man, you know how it is. You get to college. And everybody on your team was the man. <laughs> yes, and what I'm telling you, the first time that I stepped on that campus, I thought I was about to be the biggest thing that Oregon State has ever seen. <laughs> I remember the first day of conditioning, we were running sprints. And I've always been the fastest guy. It does not matter in track, football, anything. I was always the guy that was like, I will be the fastest man on the field. Of course, I was talking a lot of smack. And, you know, very first time, it was Stormwoods, Brandon Cooks, smoked me. Wasn't even close. We ran the 100, I looked to the side, and I was like, woof, all right. <laughs> all right, now I might, be, I might be the 15th fastest person on the team. Um, but, you know, I, mean, I just got into football at a young age and, and took it throughout college, man, and it was, it was an awesome experience. Oregon State taught me so much. Um, and I like, to, I like to think about it, and, you know, I took this from your book, Alex, is, is I like to think about it as a process you know, rather than a prize because um, my process to get to Oregon State, the process to stay at Oregon State, the process to end up being a starter at Oregon State, a lot of it, there's so many pieces that you throw in that it's like, man, it was shaping up. I feel like my story was shaping up for, to be one of those cliche, he's going to make it to the NFL. You know, he had all of these things going for him. He, over, he already overcame, you know, adversity, everything like that. Um, and then, man, Alex, as you know, my story kind of, kind of took a turn and tore one ACL. That's tough. You have to recover, have to find a way to get back, bounce back, bounce back, ended up earning another starting spot, um, solely as a special teams guy, which, you know, you got to find your way any way you can. Um, and then from there, man, again, going into my last season, excited. A lot of people had a lot of hype behind you, you know, saying, this might be the year that, you know, Marcus could finally break out going into his last season to play football. We're looking forward to it. The coaches and spring ball were really loving everything I was doing. Um, but, of course, God always has different different plans for you, man. So I was so convinced. Alex, I could not tell you how many times I was convinced I was about to go to the NFL because I was like, this is it. I'm healthy. Um, you know, I have the size. I have the speed. I might not have the highlight film tape that the NFL scouts are looking for, but I was like, again, just put me in a situation. I'll find a way to overcome whatever it is and, yeah. and take that next step and, and evolve. And then one day at practice, did the exact same cut I've always done as a running back for 12 years that I played football and tore my second ACL on my other knee. So um, in a matter of waking up at you know 4.30 in the morning to get ready for practice, film and everything like that, 
thinking that this might be the day that I break out that the coaches say, all right, Marcus, you're going to be our next guy. Um, five hours later, I was, I was done playing football for my career. Uh, you know, and you don't think about anything else in the future. You don't, you know, and as you know, Alex, they tell you since you were young playing football, you are the best football player we've seen. They boost your ego. You know, you start to believe that you were put on this earth by God to play football. Hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially who go play at high division one power five are thinking I was put on this earth to play football. Yeah. You know, and so once that's taken away from you, you have no idea what to do. <laughs> I had zero idea. I didn't even, I didn't even think about my degree at the time. Now I, I ended up getting a digital communications degree and I was happy I got that, but I did that because, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just went to that because I was like, I'll figure the rest out after I'm done playing football. You know, once I, I get a, a couple years in the league, um, from there I'll figure something out, you know. And, and then it doesn't happen like that, man, as you know. So um, I know that was a very long-winded answer, but just to get just to get kind of a background. Of, I love you know, that. To, to Division One, big time, to overcoming some adversity, get back at it, feeling like, okay, this is finally the chapter where – it all makes sense why I kind of had to go through all these trials and tribulations. And then just like that, and snap up a finger, it's all gone. And then from there, you're no longer Marcus Greaves, a football player. Now you're just Marcus Greaves. Look at that. And it was what you were going to do with that, with the rest of that story. So so, so there's a couple of things. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now because, you know, those things that we see, those things that we're told at a young age, especially when it comes to sports, and especially the, the, the sport of football because it's so popular. And when you're good at a young age and then people, you know, kind of see you and they want to bet on you, right? They want to see you succeed. You know, you're from a you know, small town or whatever. But knowing that, like, you know now, and I know it too because injuries are a part of the game. It's not about, like, if, it's when. And you know, you're going through two catastrophic knee injuries. Um, the setbacks that you talked about. And I want to talk about that because I think when you, you know, put a different spin on it. And, and now that you could, because you're away from it for a while, like, what did those setbacks, you know, you not having the grades, having to go down to a Division two school, you, you had to feel a different way, right? Like, you know, you belong somewhere bigger or someone high somewhere higher what how else did those those different setbacks with the injuries and you know you understand that you're not the guy or there's a lot of guys what type of impact did that have for you especially what you're doing now those setbacks Mm -hmm. yeah I I think it was it was a beautiful thing because again it, it taught me to enjoy the process of it you know and so when I tore my first ACL now, I was obviously heartbroken, ended up still finishing the game because I was like, I got to finish the game. <laughs> Fini- whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean finish the game? That- man, it was in the spring game, 2016, 2015 spring game, man. Um, ended up like second play of, of playing. I got a toss around the outside. I planted, juke back in, and one of my teammates hit me low in my knee. I felt a pop. Which, uh, and fell on the sideline. Of course, I'm upset because I'm like, my knee popped. I don't know what that means. I've never had this before. But the trainer came over. He's like, man, you know, obviously I can't repeat what I was saying oh, yeah. <laughs> on your show. 
<laughs> you know, I'm very happy, was hurting. But then I was like, in my head, I was like, man, you, you worked too hard to get to this point, to be in front of the, you know, all these people at the spring game, to play two plays to be hurt. You know, you yeah. can't do that, man. So, like, maybe it was the adrenaline. Maybe it was the competitiveness in me. I don't know. But I was like, man, I stood up, and my trainer was like, are you okay? And I was like, nah, but I got to keep going, man. Like, like we can we can figure this out later. Like, let's let's worry about that later. Like, I felt fine enough to run. He was like, can you cut? Obviously, like I was saying, it was the adrenaline. So I cut, and I was like, it's good enough. Yep, let's go, man. So I finished the spring game, finished the rest of it. Um, oh, ended up having a really good game. Damn. It, was, it was fun, man. It, it was a good time. But it taught me a lot because, like I said, things like this, is it, it's it's the process of it. Yeah. You know, I, once you have these kind of setbacks of an ACL, I was like, man, as upset as I could be about this, you've already you've already gone too far to, to give up now, like I was just saying. So, you know, that's why I decided to finish the game. That's why I decided, like, okay, one ACL ain't going to steer me away by any means. Because I just spent a whole year at a school that I shouldn't have been at. Yeah. Um, I had to, I was waking up, I was waking up at five o'clock, four thirty in the morning, you know, putting in my headphones, going for runs, asking my future teammates at Oregon State, hey, running backs, what drills are you guys doing? Send those to me if you can. You know, how do I get faster? How do I get stronger? Tyrell Williams was a guy who played for the Chargers, played at Western Oregon as well, yeah. uh, receiver. And I remember one one morning I went out there at five o'clock in the morning before football practice because I wasn't on the team. Okay. He was out there doing drills or whatnot. And I was like, man, can I join you? He was like, of course. So for, you know, a couple of sessions, I would wake up in the morning with him, run out there just to do these drills, you know, and then have to go back and and go to the gym. And I, I, I started to train myself like I was already a Division One athlete. Love it. But that was the process of I have to do this on my own because I put myself in the situation. So how are you going to respond to it? Now, there's so many times where it's like, it always, I always look at it like, well, man, you weren't even supposed to be playing college football because you're from a small town. You know, small town kids don't really get a whole lot of shot. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I love Prineville, Oregon to death. It's obviously shaped me the way I am, but it's not a recruiting hotbed by any means. Yeah. You know, so you got to go out of your way to try and get to college football. There's so many things along this path and the story that I've had that, you know, if I if I could have quit at 10 or 11 different moments, you know, but it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was it was it was me. And so what it taught me was I might not always be the most talented because I figured that out when I got to school. You know, mm. I might not be the smartest. Again, I figured that out when I got to school. But I think the biggest thing for me was I've always had the competitive nature to not. It's not even competitive nature to say I want to beat you because. That's a given, you know, as an athlete. You know you want to beat somebody else. Yeah. But I felt like I was I was competing against life. I was competing against all these other things where it's like it seemed like everybody else, everything else in the world wanted me not to win. In my mind, through my grades, me figuring that out, you know, I look back like, why couldn't I figure that out? You know, that, that was life teaching me something, trying to trying to keep me down. And I was like, you ain't going to do it like that, man. You got to keep going. Okay, now I, now I take the next step into football. Okay, it teaches me that, yeah, there is more to life than football, but, you know, I had to walk on. So walk-ons, as you know, they're not going to play a lot. Well, I earned myself a starting spot. Okay, you can't tell me I didn't earn that. Okay, well, then I tear an ACL. Well, now, now what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? You already came this far, man. You All those 5 a.m.s on your own, 
crying yourself to sleep, man, because you want to be somewhere else is, is not, you can't give it up now. So I said, okay, let's keep going. Get back from the ACL. End up starting. Okay. Play a whole season. It was fun. It was great. Had a great time going to spring. Next ACL is gone. Okay, so what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Are you going to, and by quit, I mean, I obviously knew I was going to have to retire from football, but are you going to quit life? Are you going to, are you going to go work at a job that you didn't want to work at? Mm. Are you going to go do things that you don't want to do? Or are you going to take the next step and learn that, okay, you could go anywhere you want, Marcus, but what you're going to have to do is, is you're going to have to fight for it because life ain't going to, life ain't going to give you any, you know, easy roads. Yeah. And that's exactly what I had to do. It just taught me how to, to be honest with you, Alex, it just taught me how to work hard. And not get, you know, and just say, you know, F it, honestly. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You got to keep going. Because every single time I level up or go to a different point in my life, another chapter, there's going to be the exact same things telling me I should have stayed in that last chapter. You know, that last chapter was the end for you. Yeah. But I was like, man, there's no way, you know. And it just taught me that the process of this whole thing is you got to keep going. And it's all, it's all in, your, in your mental. If you let life beat you down, it's going to beat you down. But if you don't, then sky's the limit for you. Sky's the limit. So I want to talk about, you know, after football and you get into like, how did that, how did that work with, you know, because there's a lot of guys that you and I both know that that transition, they either go into uh, coaching, right? Coaching, or they get into the broadcasting world. Like, how did that end up working out for you? Did you, like, you know, somebody reached out to you because you was you did such great interviews and they thought that you would be great at this? Or did you have a connection? Like, how did that work? How did that work for you? Yeah, to this day, uh, and I tell him this all the time, and, he, you know, he's going to be too humble because he's such a nice guy and he's a great individual. But Evanson Bernard will always mean so much to me more than I think he'll understand. Because I remember the first time the first day after football obviously i'm in a big leg cast because i had surgery on my acl i can't play i'm sad i'm upset i came to ev's office because he was in charge of kind of the beyond football stuff at the time and you know i knew he played i knew he played at a high level i knew he played in the nfl and then i knew that his football career got cut shorter than he wanted to so i go you know as everybody tells you hey you know, if you need anything, let me know, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he said that. I was like, don't tell me that, Ev, because I'm coming to you, man. So I remember crutching all the way to, to his office and Gil called to see him on campus. And I was, just, you know, we just chopped it up, had, had a real honest conversation that involved a lot of tears for me, man, because I was like, Ev, I, I, I don't know, like, who I am, to be honest, you know, because you have that title, like we were talking about for so long of being a football player, and then it's gone. And he said, I, I already know what you're talking about, man. I already know the feeling because, again, you've been through it. So at the time, he was a he was an anchor at NBC Sports Northwest in Portland, Oregon. And he said, man, just come up with me one time if this is something you're interested in. I want to show you this. Let me know if it's something that you might want to do. If you want to do it, you could do it. If you don't want to do it, I understand completely. So I came, uh, you know, got in the car with him. We drove up and... You know, I, this is a funny part of the story because, you know, everyone I tell this to, they're like, oh, okay, that's probably where you were like, oh, he loved it. You know, oh, so you, you just fell in love with it. I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. First time I did that, I was like, that's not for me, man. I hate this. <laughs> you know, I was watching. I was like, this is boring. Like, don't get me wrong. I could, I love talking sports, but not like this. Hey, it's Alex Molden here. 
I'm always looking for ways to make an impact, and especially an impact for the community of athletes. And so I've put together a course. It's called the Higher Achievers Academy, and it's to help former elite level athletes transition out of their sport. In this course, it's a six week course. And in this course, I'll personally guide you along the path from where you are and where you want to be. We'll uncover your true identity, unlock your assignment, build your confidence, and help you both get in alignment and make the necessary adjustments to help you live a life of fulfillment. In week one, we'll go over identity. Week two is relationships. Week three is leadership. And week four, talking about your assignment, alignment, and adjustments that you need to make. And week five is telling your story. And week six is envisioning your future, getting interview ready. And that will be put on by my good friend and coaching career expert, Marin Roberts Huntley. I'm excited because it's hybrid. It's not just, you know, getting on your laptop and watching videos. No, it's hybrid where you'll do all these different things and you have different worksheets and uh, questions and and answers that you're going to have to provide, but you also get a chance to to get online once a week on a Zoom call. And I'm limited to just 20 athletes. That's it, 20 athletes. Um, So I'm excited for for this program because I know it can help a lot of people. And hopefully you are one of them. So make sure you go to alexmodencoaching.com to sign up. Okay. Not in this way. Like, that's not for me. But um, he just told me, my man, just keep going back and forth at it. Just keep trying. If you want to keep coming up, we can figure something out. And I did. He just kept telling me, even if I didn't want to, he was like, come on. No, let's go. Come on. Just check it out one more time. You might like it. So then, you know, one thing goes to another end of basically getting an internship at NBC Sports Northwest. While on top of that, Oregon State didn't have really any media hype at the time because they were, you know, coming off of a bad, a couple of bad seasons. Coach Anderson just left. Nobody really wanted to cover Oregon State. There's maybe three or four media people. And another one of those was Angie Machado with Viva Blitz. She said, Marcus, I don't really have anybody to do any Oregon State stuff. You know, like that was a former player. I think you could bring an awesome perspective to it yeah now i was not media trained by any means and i have no idea what i was doing but i did it you know so i was an intern there i would go up with Ev every thursday when he recorded the show um i'd catch a ride from corvallis to albany where he lived we would carpool up there we'd come back you know or say would i practice weights or whatever i'd go to practice i would write down some notes um angie and i would talk over the phone about it she i would write an article for her and we'd call it a day and that's kind of how i got my media my, you know, my, my foot in the door, but then it just kept evolving. After NBC Sports, my internship there was done. I applied to be a, uh, I just had to get in the industry somehow, okay. you know, and as you go out, it's not an easy thing to do. So I applied to be another intern at 1080 The Fan in, in Portland. Yeah. Brandon Sprague, Jason Swigard, Andy Johnson, those guys, man, I, I've, I'll forever owe them as well because. They gave me an opportunity, and it's not like I was talking radio. You know, I wasn't talking ball. I was the guy. I was a producer, and a radio producer, for those that don't know, you take the show, you press two buttons. You take the show, the radio show, from the commercial to commercial or to the show, and then back. That's all I did. Okay, for like three hours a day for like 150 bucks. You know, so I had 
I had that, Angie's gig with Bieber Blitz. I worked as a 24, uh, front desk guy, 24 hour fitness. And then I trained kids on the side. So I was just trying to make it any way I could. And I was thinking to myself, I'm already in a radio station. Let's take advantage of these opportunities. Mm. So I ended up making a podcast, an already say podcast. Nobody had one. Brandon Sprague was a guy who kind of, you know, he was leveling up in his industry as well. He was a guy who worked at, at the fan as well. And he was like, hey, I have this Oregon State podcast that Angie and I maybe did like, you know, one episode or two episodes of. How about you just take it over? Ended up taking it over, blew it up. Um, ended up getting around 1,100 listeners every every episode or so. I would record it. I would cut it. I would edit it on my own. I sold it like a title sponsor. Okay. I made a PowerPoint for I mean, I did the whole thing, man. And that's, that's just, it just shows, you know, kind of what I was thinking is that media is such an animal, man, as you know, it's an animal. Yeah. It's an, like, it's never ending. So you got to keep going with the flow, keep going, keep going. And once I, I kind of served my time in the media at the radio station um, and, and I was kind of like, okay, Angie, I appreciate it. You know, it might be time for me to take the next step. Channel Channel Six in Portland, Coin News had an opening, and this is coming from somebody who, again, I applied to over 150. No, excuse me, Alex, 173 TV stations in the United States. I'm talking anywhere oh. from the biggest big in in LA, New York, to Mobile, Alabama, North Dakota, <laughs> Idaho. Also, at this point, man, I will not be turned down. Somebody is going to hire me as a sports guy there. Now, I didn't go to school to be a journalist, so I didn't know how to be a journalist. Yeah, okay. But what I would do is when I was at the fan, I took my phone because I saw what everybody else was doing. Okay, they're getting their TV highlights by obviously being on TV. Well, I'm going to try and finesse the system, man. So give me a get. I, I went and got myself a cheap old little camera, tripod, set it up. I would go to Blazer Games through the radio station, yep. you know, to go get the sound, but I would go do a stand up afterwards. I'd say, hey, you know, Marcus Greaves here with 1080 The Fan. Blazers just lost this to that, blah, blah, blah. And I post it on my social media. Like, I was a real TV sports reporter and anchor. Now, obviously, the film, looking back on it now, was absolutely embarrassing. But you had to do what you had to do. And, I love that. Uh, and, and it was tough, man, to sum up that, that whole ride to media is that I basically just kept finding ways to put out content to the point where I almost made it impossible for Coin to turn me down. Because, you know, when when they hired me as a sports contributor, they didn't really know what that was. But I was like, I'll tell you what I can do for you. I know how to make a podcast on my own. I know how to edit videos. I know how to talk sports. And I played for the state school here. Yeah. You know, yeah. those are five things that you almost could not turn me down for. So I was like, I don't know. They might have 10 years of experience, but they've never put on, you know, they never put on a helmet and, ha and had to go block Brendan Scarlett. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or you know, they've never got the ball and and had Elijah Molden hit him in the leg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, these are the things, man, where it's like, they just don't know because they weren't there. So it ended up being that. I said, you know, I, I did my two years in, in Portland. And I was like, I could stay here the rest of my life and be comfortable because I got to where I wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm a main sports guy at a, at a top 25 market. Um, hometown kid in, in the sense of being from Oregon. Um, a lot of people still knew me through Oregon State and talking ducks and and all that and and Blazers, but um, I was like, again, I hit a point where I was like, this isn't my end game. You know, this isn't the end goal for me here in Portland. I feel like I could go bigger. So you got to take a leap of faith. And I got an agent. 
Um, so hold on before you I, go any further. Hold on, because yeah, because there's some so there's some key pieces in there. Like number one, the hard work that you that we already talked about, or that you already talked about, that's showing up outside of your sport. I think that's a very key point, right? The extra hours that you had to put in. Um, your your experience were actually playing a sport at a high level. That separates you, right? And here's the third thing that I think that you illustrated is, man, your personality. Like you not being formally media trained and whatnot, you know, could really, could have shaped you a certain way. But your personality helps you get you in the door. And I think a lot of cats male or female, football, basketball, volleyball, don't, gymnastics, if you have a personality and if you're likable and you're able, you have that ability to share your, your thoughts, some of your analysis, uh, really who you are, that can attract people to you instead of just being like this, this person who just talks about cliches or talks about very surfacey level type of stuff. I think those are critical when it comes to using your your past experiences, using your platform of being an elite athlete, and now using that to, to get you into another uh another field. You know what I'm saying? Like those are so important and that you, you know, that you kind of you know you spoke on. So I, I just want to make sure I, you know, I shine a light on that. That it's having a, a personality, man, that's that can help you so that can help you and it can hurt you. Because if you're an asshole if you're an asshole, ain't nobody want to deal with you, assholes. You know, if you can make fun of yourself, if you can, you know what I'm saying, like not so seriously, it's people are attracted to that. Right. And I try and I try and tell people too, because I get a lot of, of former athletes kind of asking me, hey, how do you how do you get into this field? And you gotta swallow a lot of ego, man. You do. Love it. Because yep. you might be you might be a former D1 athlete, but you don't have 10 years in the business, you know, and so you might know more about X's and O's and, you know, you might, you might be more likable or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, you're not the one in that position of power. So now you've got to force yourself into that position by, by doing the grunt work. Nobody wants to do the grunt work ever. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to go from, you know, go shoot, go shoot this press conference, cut it, bring it back. So this guy can talk about it. You don't want to do that, but that's what you have to do in order to get in the business. And once you're there, then it's like, go take off with it. But you got to not have ego. you got to know that hard work. We talk about hard work as the most cliche thing in the world. Now, a lot of the time, and this is what Ev told me, and I'll always remember this. Is I'm like, Ev, man, I'm working hard. He says, are you working hard or are you just saying that you're busy? Because there's different things to that. You can work hard and that will show but if you're just keeping yourself busy by just running around and not getting everything and trying to get 20 things done when you don't get, you know, two of them done right, then you're not doing anything. You're not doing yourself any, any justice. So it's the same thing with football. You know, you're not going to get you can't be the best at every single thing, but you can learn to be very, very good at a lot of things. But it's going to take time in every field. And that's where I think the experience of being a former athlete is so important because we know the grind. We know what it's like to earn things because you have to earn spots. You do. Now, very few of us can walk into a D1 school and be the hot guy on campus. I mean, it's just true. And especially as a walk-on, 
and a special teams guy, a special teams starter, that's where you were saying you got to be able to make fun of yourself. Now, I do that all the time on TV, man, all the time. And I remember you shot me a text one time when I was talking about on our show last year. I said, when Cam Newton played for the Patriots, I was like, Cam Newton's going to come back. He's going to be absolute, an absolute animal. And people are going to be foolish that he was out of the league. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case. Cam Newton didn't play all that great. Now he's not in the league. But instead of me saying I didn't say that, I found that video. I put some clown music behind it and put it in black and white. And, you know, and I was like, this is funny content because I was so sold on that. Yeah. And you got to And I threw it out there because I don't mind being embarrassed, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have an ego to the point where I feel like I have to be the smartest guy when it comes to football. I know what I know. And I know that I know a lot about football and I know a lot about sports. But the best part about being a broadcaster, and I think that people can relate to me, is that we're all human, man. If you try to be the smartest broadcaster and be the loudest, um, we're not going to name any names. We know plenty of those kind of broadcasters in the industry. Yep. But if you try to be the loudest, the I'm always right and the, I can never be wrong, then no one's going to want to listen to you. It's a matter of, of, you know, that's the whole thing about being athletes, about being broadcasters, about being in life is that, if you have some humility to you, man, you're a lot more relatable and people are going to want to listen and talk and, and enjoy your work. So I think that's a that's a very important thing. And you get to control the narrative. Yeah. Right. It's, it's more like if you took that and put on the clown music, put it on black and white and did that. You control the narrative. Now, if I came on there like, man, what the hell is Marcus talking about? Cam Newton going to do all this. Look at him. Man, he don't know what the hell he's talking about. How he got a job and a, Right. And so you own the narrative when you can can be able to look at, you know, the things um, that didn't go all that great in your past and be able to, to shine a light on it. Unless um, better doing that than have somebody outside of, you know, your your group or entity or whatever, them shine a light on your errors or whatnot. You shine a light on the air. So I think that's yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, so. Okay, so now you're in this big market, right? You've kind of, you went from up here in Portland, doing your thing. You got this beautiful job down in Sandy, beautiful, sunny San Diego. That's my spot. Now. Yeah. And how is that, how has the transition uh, been going from, I, I guess it's still a big market from Portland, but you're going to a larger yeah. market. Like, right. has it been the same? Has it been, you know, I, I want to hear about like the different relationships, like, it's, it's kind of like coming into a new locker room, right? Yeah. You're going from high school to college, new locker room, new coach, new teammates. How have you used your past experiences to, to set you up for success now? Yeah, and you know, people say new levels, new devils, man. And that's, that's it's true. Mm. It really is. Now, you might be, you know, in, in Portland, people are going to say, oh, that's Marcus. You know, he played, a, he played football at Oregon State. You kind of know his backstory. I move here and people are like, okay, you played at Oregon State. What does that mean here? It don't mean nothing. You know, you got, and and I loved what I learned at Portland. I'll forever be grateful for Coin Six. And I move here and it's different. In Portland, it's football, basketball, you know, uh, Blazers are huge. Here, Chargers are gone. Now, they obviously, San Diego is a great sports town. I'll let you know firsthand. Yep. You know, they love all those sports, but now it's a different feeling. Now I came in as, now, yeah, I, I, I know a whole lot about a lot of sports and I'm knowledgeable about all of them. But at the same time, now it's I got to take it up 
I got to take it up a notch because now you got to bring in golf. Okay, what do you know about golf? How can you, how can I as a broadcaster have somebody who's not, who's not into golf watch me talk about golf and be interested in, you know, how could I do that? When it's easy when there's football, basketball, you got LeBron James 360 Duncan, you got, you know, Tyreek Hill juking out five people running down the sideline and Patrick Mahomes throwing a pass behind his back. Those are the easy ways to call highlights. How are you going to tell somebody who has a bunker shot, you know, how do you, how do you make that entertaining where he has a bunker shot and almost finds, you know, almost finds the hole and it finds the green. Those are the type of things where it's like, you got to adjust not only the way you, you talk, not even, it's not even that you have to adjust the way you talk, but it's, you got to reach a different population of people now mm-hmm. because bread and butter might not be the bread and butter here. So, and, and it wasn't, you know, I, I'm very high energy when I call sports and people do appreciate it here. But at the same time, too, at 11 o'clock at night when I'm doing a show about golf, I highly doubt that the that the people watching want me to be like, man, what a bunker shot that was. You know what I'm saying? They're like, man, it's 11 o'clock at night. What, what you so high <laughs> like, you got, you got to shift it. You know, you got to shift the way that you talk it, and you have to adjust as a broadcaster. And that's why I realized here now, again, like I said, new levels, new devils. I didn't know how much I didn't know about broadcasting until I moved here. Now you have to learn very quick. This is not this is not an easy market, you know. Even though there's not uh, NBA team, NFL team, there the thirst and the hunger for sports here is so deep, and it's like it's the craziest thing. Because now, obviously, they have the Padres who are great. San Diego State's doing great in football and basketball, and they have for quite some time. But it's but it's there's not as much of an abundance of it. So when there is something that's really good, a team that's great, a play that's great, the fans want it and they want it now and they want it squeezed to the point where, you know, they're, they're almost tired of watching me talk about, it, you know, and that's the thing. That, so you got to find ways to always evolve and be ready because if you mess up a name, which I have before plenty of times, you know, you mess up a name. People are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. How, why would I want to watch a guy that doesn't understand how to say this guy's name? And you're like, man, I just got here. You know, cut me some slack, but that's not what it is. The population is obviously bigger here. The viewership is bigger here. And so there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of eyes on you. So if you make a mistake, they're going to know. You know, if you shoot something and it doesn't look good, you'll get emails about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to hone your skills, man. Like, you got to be, you got to be ready. And the biggest thing is you can't let the other's opinions of you, you know, hit your confidence if they don't like the way you do things. Because you got to think about it out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that watch you. Say one guy sends you an email of, I don't like the way he dresses. Why is he talking like that? Why does he look like that? Why does he do this? Why does he do that? If you let that get to you, man, this, this is not the industry for you. And Alex, as you know, you played, in my opinion, the absolute hardest position in football. You know, you get, say you get beat by Randy Moss that's Randy Moss. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason, you know, one of the best, if not the best ever for a reason. But are the fans going to look at it like that? They're going to say, no. Why did he just get beat by him? He's a bum. Yeah. Sit him. Right. He's sorry. Yeah. Get him out. <laughs> like, Man, that's not how it works. You know, this is, it's hard because you got to, you got to, you have to be able to adjust on the fly and things happen in live TV, just like the other day. Um, our system went out, like to hear our IFBs. So the IFB is the producers, the directors talking to you, letting you know how much time you have left. So something messed up with my personal one. 
and it stopped working in the middle of my show. So my all my guys are trying to talk to me, and I can't hear. You flying blind. You got to fly blind, baby. You got to figure it out. So, and I think that's where it comes in that you just got to be prepared for anything. That's why you learn. That's why you hone your craft because my scripts, I was almost about to mess them up because I was like, well, I, I need to know the points that they're at. But again, I put in so much work to hit this point, man. You got you to gotta rely on your instincts. So then I was like, hey, man, all right, well, I can't hear anybody. And I said this, I was like, I can't hear anybody in the back talking to me. So listen, viewers. We are flying solo today, so let's get into it. You know, like, and it gives them another layer of, okay, this is cool because it's not like scripted, you know. Now, obviously, it is with the teleprompter and whatnot, but timing wise, it just seems more personable. And so there's just so many different challenges in TV that you face when you level up and in life and whatnot that you just got to be able to realize that there's so many different pieces that are going into your your life, building who you are, your mentality and whatnot, that between the opinions, the fast paced life, the adjustments of moving here, I've had to grow a whole lot pretty quick, you know? And that's the thing is that a lot of people might shy away from that. I love it. And the reason why I love the position I'm in now is, let me tell you one thing about my boss, man. She means business. She, she is one, she is a great mentor, a great leader, because she she demands a lot from people mm. and she'll tell you that you know there's a couple times where she's like marcus this is not this is not your best work and i know that's not your best work so go back and get it and make it better and you know a lot of people are going to look at that like how's she going to say that to me you know what i'm saying but alex as you know being a former athlete that's light brother yeah that's you know, light. Some, <laughs> man some of the things that they tell you in football you're like sheesh man i'm not sure we could ever repeat this but <laughs> You just have to learn a lot, man. And I, I've appreciated the process of, of learning and I'm not nearly as as equipped as I thought I was moving here, but I have grown exponentially. And now I feel like I, now I'm like, okay, this is what broadcasting is. This is what it's like to be a true professional yeah. rather than solely relying on, I was a football player, I know sports, you know? And so I think, uh, so a couple of things, like honing your craft, and then mm-hmm. also, you realize early that because a lot of us, we use that, hey, you know, I play football. I, you know, I did that at a high level. We use that so often and so much until it gets to a point where, you know, some people don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, who are you? What type of expertise do you bring to, to the team or to whatever? It's not just about what you did. That's, that life is gone now. And a lot of us, we get stuck onto that and we can, you know, we can lean on that and use it to, you know, elevate us. But some people don't care about that. It's like, what have you done for me lately? What are you doing now? How, if you can't communicate who you are, nobody cares. Right. It's, it's, it's really hard to put into words how much I think being former athletes that we, we lean on that. You know, and like I said, once I figured out that I get here and it's okay, that might have mattered in Oregon, my friend, but that don't matter here. You know, we've seen the best of the best. Just like everybody else. Yeah, we had LT as running back here, brother. (laughs) We ain't worried about Oregon State running back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, those are the type of things where it's like, okay, well, now I got to actually work on my craft. You know, and that comes to the things that nobody wants to do is, man, 
And Alex, you know this again, being a former athlete and playing at the highest level, there's nothing worse than say you get beaten film, you don't do your job in film, you fumble the ball, whatever it is, and you know it's coming in the film room. There's nothing worse. That that feeling will forever haunt me, <laughs> you know, but I'll forever be grateful that I experienced that because now, you know, I send my film to my boss all the time. I'm like, what about this? What about that? She's like, nope, like this, don't like that. Nope, that's ugly, don't do that. Or that is really great, keep doing that. Or try doing this, try doing that. It's a fact of if you're willing to learn, and again, you got to swallow a lot of pride. Because I feel like a lot of the time as a, as a big time athlete, it's hard to swallow pride because you always are, are taught to be the best and be the alpha and, and whatnot. But at some point, man, you can't, you're going to hit a ceiling with this thing. Mm. And the only way to elevate is when you learn from, from folks that have been there and experienced that and done that. And I think that's very important. I think that's something that I really, really learned here. And I knew it before, but now being here and reaching out to guys like yourself, reading your book, um, you know, talking to guys like Evanson Bernard, reaching out to guys at ESPN. Um, Jim Trotter is is one of the one guy. Oh, that's who, my guy. Yeah. Man, I just did a story with Jim a couple weeks ago, and I had a chance to like really sit down and talk to him. And Man, I could not tell you the knowledge that that man gave me and and the fact of how he looks at broadcasting in life was so, don't want to say simple because obviously he's put in the most work possible mm -hmm. to reach the peak that he has, but it's so inspiring that someone has done it the way he has done it and he's achieved at such a high level that it makes, it makes me looking at my job being like, okay, like I could keep going. There's always more to learn. Yeah. And he said something. He was like, I, I, he's like, I'm at this point, Marcus, because I asked him, what's it like being at the pinnacle of what every broadcaster wants to be like? And he says, you know, man, I don't feel like I'm at the pinnacle because I'm, I, there's, always, there's always room for me to grow. And I sat back. I really sunk in my seat. And I was like, Jim Trotter, the guy who constantly not only pushes the culture forward in the broadcasting industry, but is at the highest level of actual profession for being a broadcaster, feels like he always has more to learn. That's where I was like, this is where you've got to swallow your pride and listen to your OGs, man. Because the knowledge that you get from everybody, even people younger than me, it I think all of it together has put me in the position right now where I feel like you can really achieve and I can really achieve anything. But I, I just got to know the work has to be there and it's going to take some time. But it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Love that, man. I love that you're able to see that, to understand, like, those those different, you know, how to overcome failure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, watching film, swallowing your pride, learning from the different setbacks, whether it's injury or you're fumbling or doing something, you watch it on film and you can't hide from that film. And then, and then also is being able to be smart enough to like reach out to people who have done it at a high level. That's kind of like, you know, sitting in a locker room next to a guy who's been there for eight, nine, 10 years and had a lot of success. What type of guy am I if I don't ask him, how does he do it? You know what I'm right. saying? Like that's that those things being able to create those relationships with others who, where you, where you want to go, that's the cheat code. A lot of us don't don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And Alex, I actually wanted I want to talk to you about that, man. Uh, especially in your book, there's a couple times where you know 
I really sat back and I and I said, damn, Alex, like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, and, and just and this isn't even me bumping your book, man, but but well, I, I, I had to read, <laughs> I read it a, a couple months ago because I was like, you know, now I'm not saying my life is perfect at all because I, I we obviously all go through a lot of things. But I think that book puts it in perspective that that, man, there's so much more to life once you realize that, you know, and I think that was a big thing. And that's why I've always appreciated what you do for a lot of people, because, you know, same thing is that you were at the pinnacle of what everyone wanted, everyone was dreaming of, you know, and then you realize it wasn't all that you thought it was, but you still got to experience it. You still had a great time doing it. You learned a lot from it and you were able to walk away from the game and say, okay, Alex molding the football players over here. And he was cool. He was great. But now I'm Alex Bolden this and it's everything else. And I think that was something that really stuck with me and it continues to stick with me is, you know, Marcus Reeves, a football player. He was cool, man. Great football player. Great time. Had a good, you know, but but not aware of a whole lot of other things in the world. But now I look at it as, you know, it's cool to be a professional. It is. Yeah. You know, it's cool to look back and say, uh, you know, five years ago, I was scraping by eating pancakes, breakfast, lunch and dinner with no syrup, man, trying to find, you know, working three or four different jobs, just trying to just trying to find a way to talk about sports for three minutes on air. Wow. Now I get to do it every single day and, and enjoy it, you know, and love it. And and they still get long. They still do. But to look back and be like, I've, I've grown so much from Marcus Greaves, a football player, to now Marcus Greaves, a professional that. It's hit a point, man, where between things, like I said, learning from you, Evanson, Jim Trotter, um, doing my own research, having to find yourself as a person and not just as an athlete, that everything that comes together reaches you to the point that you're at today. And it's awesome just to take a step back and look and say, I've grown a lot and there's still a lot more to go, but I can appreciate the journey, which I feel like, which I feel like has, has been something that I've always been able to recognize that. You know, even last year, I was having a hard time learning this broadcasting thing. But now I'm here where I can look back and say I learned 15 things that I would have had no idea how to do if I would have stayed somewhere else or went to a different spot. You know, I, I could tell you so much about tennis and golf now, Alex, that you would be like, man, I didn't even know you played. You know what I'm saying? And, and But that's the thing is that you just hone in on your craft and you learn the process. You appreciate it. And you realize that the process and the, and the prize of of this life is is the process of what you learn along the way. Love that man. Love that perspective. Well, hey, next time I'm down in San Diego, man, I'm gonna reach out to you. We're gonna we're gonna play some golf. We're gonna, <laughs> gonna play some golf. I take you out to lunch. I know you work hey, in man. the evening, but uh, man, I, I appreciate your time, man. How can my how can my my listeners get more of you? What's your social yep. media? All that all mm-hmm. that good stuff. How can yeah, they find you? Can social media is Marcus Greaves underscore that's M-A-R-C-U-S-G-R-E-A-V-E-S underscore um, you can also find my work at cbs8.com here in San Diego um, feel free to reach out any questions that you guys have for me or listeners that you have for me or even if you just want to say hey man I actually want to test your golf knowledge tell me about this golfer playing the Tory Pines whatever it is you can find my stuff, uh, like I said, on my social media at cbsa.com. Alex, man, before you let me go, man, I really, really do appreciate you. You, you've been a great mentor of mine, man, and, and I couldn't put into words how much—not just talking to you, not just reaching out to you—how much 
things like your book, your story, um, your perspective of life has given somebody like me a different perspective of, of, of the world and how much I appreciate that, how much it's helped me grow, man. So for real, I do appreciate you, man, more than you'll ever know.